Hello everyone and welcome to RadChat, the first therapeutic radiographer-led oncology podcast. This is podcast number 34. Um, my name is Naaman Joel Anderson and I'm joined by my fellow host, Joe McNamara. A big thank you to our last guest, Beverly Harden, who talks about her career, health education in England and the project she's involved in. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet, please do go and take a listen. So we're very pleased to introduce our guest for the evening, um, Shannon Johnson, who will be discussing her career to date and the College of Radiographers Industry Partnership Scheme or CoRIPS research grant um, that she won. Hi Shannon. Hi everyone. Um, yeah, thanks Neiman and Joe, and thanks for having me on tonight. Um, so yeah, my name is Shannon and I'm a senior rotational therapeutic radiographer. So I'm able to rotate through pre-treatment, treatment and the review service. Um, I graduated in 2019 from the University of West of England in Bristol and I'm currently working at the Beacon Centre at Somerset NHS Foundation Trust in Taunton in Somerset. And I've always been sort of really interested in promoting the profession of therapeutic radiography. Um, I'm a STEM ambassador. Um, I'm part of the outreach and work experience team and actually been lucky enough to have won an award with Naaman here, um, where we implemented a number of outreach projects and sort of work experience around Somerset and sort of the wider UK. Um, and I'm also sort of a wellbeing and in- a part of the wellbeing and inclusion team at work. And I feel like really privileged to be able to support both patients and in this role. Um, both patients and staff and I think it's obviously been so important in sort of the last couple of years especially obviously I think going on everything going on in the pandemic um, and on top of this I've also you know an ambassador for Freddy Therapy UK so involved in lots of fundraising with both Joe Naiman um, and advocating sort of as a, a therapeutic radiographer about the great profession that we work in um, and also from recently um, been working um, sort of following on from where Naiman was in Taunton before the 5k your way sort of for Taunton so sort of setting that up and sort of getting lots of patients and sort of staff involved so it's been really good. Doing quite a lot Shannon. (laughs) It's nice it shows kind of how we can diversify into so many different things with our role I think it's a theme we've come across quite a lot Um, and obviously the work we did was amazing so was it 3,000 plus students we engaged with um, across Somerset which is I think is yeah we talk about impact a lot don't we and Think that was great the best bit of impact was i think four or five students have now considered doing radiotherapy as a career um after all the kind of work experience work that we did which is yeah, really it's nice. amazing to see everything you've done shannon can i ask what got you into therapeutic radiography um i kind of I fell into it a little bit by accident um so i didn't really know what the profession was so that's why i feel like my passion comes from really um so it's a blessing in disguise so I'm very grateful for having this opportunity now. So, <laughs> And what, what was it? How did you fall into it? Did you find it on the internet? Did you speak to someone? Um, I was actually supposed to be doing diagnostic. <laughs> so <laughs> as a lot of people I know um, who have had the sort of same thing, so diagnostic radiography. Um, and then it was the sort of last year of all the bursaries at university. So... It was, a, it was a lot of competition um yeah. and i remember i got my sort of a level grades and i missed out by one grade so right. i sort of called up the uni they're like okay like we'll try and keep your place for as long as possible get it remarked um i got then got it remarked it went up so i got what i needed but they actually ran out of place on diagnostic radiography oh, course no. <laughs> and they're like oh like we do have uh, the radiotherapy course they're like um so like it's still a type of you know radiography so would you be interested in that and i was like oh yeah definitely like you know, I read a little bit about it and, um, you know, it sounded really interesting and honestly a blessing in disguise because, yeah, I love it. 
<laughs> you know it's definitely the profession for you. Definitely. I know so many people who um, maybe looked at other allied health professions or medicine or dentistry and for whatever reason didn't get the grades or just before kind of making that leap to university found out about radiotherapy and oncology or therapeutic radiography. And um, it seems lots of practitioners find out that that way. So I know as part of kind of some of the experiences that you've had recently, um, you know, you've been looking specifically at um, doing some research to outreach and using all the experience and the knowledge that you've gained within your STEM ambassador role. So do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of CoRIPS, what it stands for, what the process was that you went through? Yeah, definitely. So I sort of doing a little bit of... Um, research when I was at uni and and sort of got interested through that way and then you know after uni I was sort of looking at okay like how can I sort of expand my research and the sort of knowledge behind it um that I came across CoRIPS and spoken to like a a few colleagues maybe at work about it so it actually stands for the College of Radiographers Industry Partnership Scheme Research Grants it's a bit of a mouthful um and it's part of the sort of College of Radiographers commitment um to implementing the Society and College Radiographers new research strategy so it's about sort of funding small grants for projects related to any aspect of this of the science and practice of radiography as a whole um and there's sort of a variety of sort of bids so anything from sort of five thousand pound for a like a smaller project and anything up to ten thousand pound for one sort of a larger project and so it could be absolutely anything um so if there's anyone out there who has an idea that they are interested in exploring further but they don't really know where to start it's a great scheme to get involved with um, and it's a really good way to support someone who has sort of no previous research experience, so like me, um, undertake sort of a research project and sort of develop this further. And I've re- I found this is sort of a really good way of sort of getting my foot in the door to research. Um, as a student, I found it, you know, really daunting, but also really exciting. So I remember at university, we had several guest speakers who had published a lot of research papers and were ongoing with a number of projects. And this was actually really inspiring, but also really terrifying as I didn't really know where to start. So I think, it, you know, I found it really important to, to speak to other professionals um, and people that you sort of look up to and admire who also have, you know, a passion which is very similar to you and the sort of subject that you're thinking of researching. Also people that have experience um, generally in researching and, and asking them how, you know, how their journey went. Um, and I think this was a huge part for me about networking and sort of moving my research journey a little bit further. So I've been able to find other people and professionals who are really um, incredibly passionate about the same topic as me um, and been able to sort of connect with them online. So it's been quite crazy, really. So I managed to to start my official co-rich project, I think, um, in October 2021. Um, so the grant actually funded me and three other research members um, So for a certain period of our time to sort of work on the project. So every week for sort of a six month period I actually get a day off clinical um service to sort of get on with it so it's it's that's been really really good um and a really good way of just actually getting stuck in and having that sort of protected time to get on with it um and the team I've been working with have been absolutely amazing so obviously I've had Joe so you've been uh, an amazing part of the team also as well as Zoe Grant and and Kim Meeking and we've actually connected and done all of our project online so far so it's been crazy because we live you know you know in different parts of the country and kim lives the other side of the world so it's been um 
interesting to do everything and obviously the joys of technology has been that has been great um but yeah it's just it, they've been really really supportive and something that i'd recommend to anybody who's you know a bit nervous about starting research or you know not really sure um sort of where to go if they've got a little idea that you know it, it could be absolutely anything i think getting the foot in the door is really important isn't it you don't always get that um i think as you said it's quite scary even for people who are at the beginning of their careers or even towards the end so 20 30 years in and they think well actually there's a bit of research i really like even that kind of taking that leap of faith is really difficult um so it's it's good that there's a scheme like this for people um who might be a bit more junior to the world of research and i think the networking side is amazing so professional twitter um as much as people don't always like twitter um I've definitely got into it um, a lot more and more. We've got Medrad Journal Club. You know, you meet different people, as you said, from across the world and you're just sitting on your sofa, but everyone's so nice and they want to support you through it. So I know you mentioned Kim, but yeah, Kim Meeking and um, Dr. Amanda Balderson, they really helped me with my first solo piece as well. So it's nice to have that kind of radiographer, um, I don't know, in your corner, I suppose. So you've got, got a good definitely. team there. Definitely, and I, you know, like, exactly. I think, you know, taking that leap of faith is something that's really daunting and it's so easy to get stuck in that position of you know oh my goodness should I do it um but I found that it's really important to just sort of put yourself out there um and this is found definitely the best way of pursuing a subject that you're really passionate about um and yeah a, a massive shout out to my team because they've been so supportive and for somebody who's not had any experience in research it's so good to have you know all the different skills and qualities that each of them bring so I'm really thankful for that. And I have not paid you <laughs> or encouraged you to come on <laughs> purely to talk about our team, I promise. <laughs> I have to say, though, it is, it's always a real privilege to work with anyone throughout therapeutic radiography on any projects. But I would say from kind of my experience and probably speaking for Zoe and Kim as well, that actually it helps us. So, you know, it's easy to consider yourself to be a mentor or to coach people, but actually you need to practice those skills. And, you know, even working in education without having the opportunity to kind of support people closely or from a long arm or, you know, just purely digitally, um, that actually ensures that we maintain skills and develop skills and knowledge along the way as well. So it is definitely a two-way partnership. Um, and I've already learned loads from you doing this project as well. So, you know, from that perspective, <laughs> it's definitely, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. Um, and I'd definitely say as well that um, the co-rips opportunity is really important so you know it can be quite daunting but I have to say the Society College of Radiographers website has so much resource available for people to access so anyone who is looking to look at co-rips and see what potentially they might be able to access um, there are lots of inspiring stories so Laura Charlesworth was someone that I saw go through the co-rips um, project and also Mel Clarkson so from Sheffield Hallam but um, from seeing others do projects like that you also get to learn from them and and their experiences then get disseminated so you'll quite likely find that you know from you going for co-rips you might find other people are inspired in your department to do it as well um, and likewise they may be sitting there going oh it's really scary to kind of dip my toe in the waters <laughs> of research but by observing you going through that process, I think is really important. And definitely having that protected time. I think we've heard heard it from lots of professionals on the podcast previously, but it is fine to be able to do, you know, nice things for the profession in our own time. 
but it it becomes quite stagnant or you start something and you're not able to finish it or you get frustrated with yourself because you're kind of spreading yourself quite thinly Um, and I know I probably speak from personal experience of doing that but it is important that if you're able to get that continual professional development time you're able to put the time that it deserves into it and I think that's really important so it's great that the department's behind you in giving you that time and and support really definitely because I think you know it's when thinking about it and talking to sort of the rest of the team it's it's actually quite a big project and we're we're working on so you know looking at you know standardizing you know national um, outreach projects so it is quite big so you know having that protected time like you said is so important and especially for things like you know your well-being and a really good work-life balance it's been a really good way of sort of splitting up what needs to be done and sort of prioritizing you know things that are really important so yeah it's been a really good mix so anybody who is really interested like joe said have a look at the society and college of radiographers website um the co-roots project i think they've got two dates there's usually a submission date in april and a submission date in october so they're also the the society and college are also really really supportive so if you've got any questions you can email anybody who sort of works there and um you know i spoke to a lot of people who were working there and they were really supportive and offered lots of tips and hints um and obviously what they want to hear um for people on the panel sort of deciding who gets the funding so it's a bit of an anxious wait um once you've submitted it um but definitely worth it and Shannon, just for, because I feel very privileged because I know lots about it, but for anyone who is sitting and listening, do you want to go into a little bit more detail about what it is that you're actually looking at and what you hope to achieve? Yeah, definitely. So as a team, we're looking at sort of standardising out, standardizing outreach for radiotherapy across the UK. So we've sort of had a look and we've noticed that everything is so different and we're not sure what um, is attracting people to the profession um, you know one because they don't know about it or two because they just have no idea and they just sort of turn up to anything career-based and I found out that you know even when I was at school nobody not even a career advisor told me about radiotherapy um, you know anything like that so I think it's it's really important to make sure that we're sort of promoting um, the profession generally but this sort of research is very specific into finding out what works outreach wise and something that you know if it works for any therapy maybe it, it could work for other allied health professional uh, allied health professions so you know if we can help one profession which is you know struggling to to recruit then maybe we can help others so we're sort of looking specifically at sort of first year students across the uk who, who've enrolled in a therapeutic radiography course um and seeing what attracted them to the profession and seeing if there's any sort of themes within that so look out first year students uh, a questionnaire should be coming your way very soon um and then we'll be looking at sort of anybody who helps um sort of educate students or sort of promote the profession um and sending out a questionnaire to all all of those professionals um and it will be a lot of people and a lot of data to analyze but i think it's so important to sort of get all this data the sort of raw data and sort of you know have a look about you know those common themes or you know the misconceptions of what people thought about it um, and what we can do as a team to help implement um, sort of a strategy that will help or you know an educational session or something like that which can really help promote the profession and even just raise the awareness of radiotherapy generally. I suppose it must be really nice to follow through with your dissertation research as well it's not something that happens very often 
I think when you go into it with your research supervisor um, or academic supervisor at uni, you kind of they always say, oh, you know, it'd be really great to get it published and go down that route. But I suppose just because I'm curious, um, how did the idea kind of grow when you were doing a dissertation? Because I know you did a survey. I'm going to embarrass you a bit because I remember we went to your school and we spoke there. And some of the teachers were, oh, Shannon this, Shannon that. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely loved you. And it was nice to see that because obviously that passion has been there all the time. So right through from school and then you've been able to take some research back in there once you've started. Definitely. And I think, you know, as people know that our profession of therapeutic radiography is, you know, not known by many. And I, we all have like that really strong drive and passion to change this. And it's something that, I, like you said, I've been interested in from when I first enrolled. Um, and as I said earlier, like it was a degree that I fell into by accident, but I wouldn't change that at all. And if I'd known about this previously or, you know, or a career advisor had mentioned this to me when I was at sixth form, um, I definitely started promoting the profession sooner. So it wasn't until I started speaking to sort of my friends and other students studying healthcare courses that actually had no idea what radiotherapy was. And so it was really crazy for me to hear as I had such a, you know, this uh, radiotherapy had such a huge impact on patients undergoing cancer treatments. Um, and I wanted to make it my mission to change the perception of people's understanding of what they thought radiotherapy was, but also educating the wider population on how incredible this treatment is and the wonderful team of professionals who work in oncology and radiotherapy. So my actual um, sort of dissertation project was the perception of radi perception on radiotherapy and an investigation into the awareness and recruitment crisis. Um, and this was a great way for me to experience what primary research was actually like, even though it was a, quite scary. Um, and having that support with the university, so I think that's a really good step. So if you're sort of a student and you're you know looking to do your dissertation sort of taking that sort of leap of faith like we spoke about earlier um you know it is incredibly daunting but utilize that support that you have around you um and your supervisor so i know you know i was thinking oh maybe i'll just do a literature review but this is actually what i was really passionate about and i wanted to make a, a change even if it was something really small um so it gave me a feel of how exciting carrying out research could be um and how you know I could interpret these results. And so like Nemin said, I went back to my old school and I was a, a, sort of lucky enough to do sort of a little pilot of an educational session and investigate sort of, um, 16 to 18 year old age range about their knowledge of radiotherapy. And as you can imagine, no one knew much at all. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how everything started. Um, and I was lucky enough to present sort of my results and my dissertation at the annual radiotherapy conference in Brighton in, in January 2020. Um, and this is where it sparked interest from other sort of other professionals who are also passionate about like promoting the profession too. So that's where I got to meet people like Joe, Zoe, um, and sort of Kim, and sort of you know learning how we could then take it a little bit further and apply for you know a little bit more funding through CoRIPS um, to make sure that we could have a longer lasting impression um, and educate sort of the wider population about radiotherapy. I think it's amazing. Um that um, yeah you obviously as I said taking your research forward and the, the key point I think you mentioned is that yeah lot, lots of people don't know our profession and maybe people don't always appreciate our profession until they come into contact with it whether it's a family member going through treatment or themselves um, I know it's either you've fallen into radiotherapy as a career or you've known someone who's had cancer treatment in some form um, and that's how people get into it but you know as you said the more people that kind of know about our profession um, you know, what we've discussed with previous guests is how important therapeutic radiographers are within the cancer pathway and how like diverse our roles can really be and what we can actually get involved with. Um, and I know, Joe, we talked about this already, but the video that you were involved in for the Macmillan Cancer Support with the patient following the head and neck patient, 
having um, radiotherapy following them through and all the kind of impact. I know you don't like me saying fluffy, but it is that lovely balance of technical and interpersonal skills um, that really helps. Yeah, we were really lucky that JJ was involved in that project and having the patient at the forefront. But I think it is it is just trying to get across to other people, other healthcare professionals. You know, when Dr. Liz Aridin came on and said she'd been a breast consultant, a surgeon for you know, 20 odd years and didn't know what therapeutic radiographer was and yet she was consulting for radiotherapy. Um, it was slightly heartbreaking. So from that perspective, I think it, it also highlighted what we needed to do to make sure that we were obviously ensuring that people know who we are as a profession. And that's not to say that we would consider ourselves to be any better than any other healthcare profession out there. It's nothing to do with that at all. But I think it's about making sure that we um that that we that we get known about to help with promoting the profession as much as occupational therapists or drama therapists or art therapists so i think that's really important and shannon obviously you have also um joined up with the promoting radiography special interest group um that we're starting with society of radiographers which is amazing um, and that's open to absolutely anyone. So anyone who is interested to promote either diagnostic or therapeutic radiography, then please do drop us a DM um, on Twitter or email me or stalk me, however you may feel is appropriate on any social media platform. It's absolutely fine. But it'd be great to have lots of people look at how they can promote radiography. And I think sometimes from my own experiences, people kind of think oh I've got to visit a school or a college or do some big webinar online and that for some people is really daunting Shannon what do you think people can do to get involved in kind of promoting their own profession um you know what would you say are the simple things that people can do I think, you know, especially in the last couple of years, a lot of things have gone online anyway. So it's been more difficult to even get in face to face. And I still, you know, I think that face to face has loads of positives. So you'd be able to, you know, interact a lot with a lot of, you know, students. Um, but I think, you know, having that sort of online platform now, sort of all schools, colleges, you know, all these sort of big webinars and things, career events, all have that sort of online platform. So I think it's really important, even if you, you know, you're sort of newly qualified or you're, you're a student you know the sort of newly qualified and student experiences are really really important to people who are, are thinking about a career because you're fresh into the profession you've got you know all these new skills and experiences that you've had so you're very relatable to somebody you know you're you know either very similar in age or very similar in life experiences so I think you know even just saying how you got into the profession or what are the positives or what would you do next time and I think that's really important and I wish somebody had said that to me um, and like Joe said if anybody is you know interested in even just speaking you know to one student or you know want to look at somebody's personal statement that goes an incredibly long way so when I was at you know newly qualified me and Naaman both spoke to like he said earlier a few students who we actually I think converted to to do therapeutic radiography so um you know we looked at their personal statements we we helped write them and we gave them lots of top tips about interviews um and sort of you know how they can best prepare for that so you know the, the small little things that we which some people may not think oh that's not really making a difference it really is so even if you change one person's perception on radiotherapy or 
you know help somebody with you know preparing a question for an interview that that's incredible so i think you know all these things really mount up and really help with promoting our profession and all the other you know amazing allied health professions too so and it's not just the students actually i think joe you'll agree um the teachers they love it quite a few i know joe's converted a few converted a lot of science teachers (laughs) but it's yeah because obviously they don't always get to see all the different roles in the nhs and it is that traditional view doctors and nurses that's kind of all the nhs is about but yeah 14 different allied health professionals and when we've spoken to students um sorry to teachers sorry shannon i know they we had such good feedback they were like this is amazing i can talk about this or some of the local curriculum for physics they started to include radiotherapy as a an example um in that and yeah it, it's amazing i think teachers love it because then once they know they might tell their children about it they will then know about it more and then it will continue and continue and that's that impact kind of that you can follow through Definitely. And even if you're just changing one person's perception, that's huge. And like you said, you know, we gave teachers a little bit of an incentive of getting, you know, a CPD um, benefit from it. And that encouraged so many people. And we've got at the department when Naim and I were working together, we got so many teachers from all over the UK, all science based, who actually had no idea what radiotherapy was. So it was a good opportunity for them to come educate themselves. And like, you know, you both said that taking that back and explaining it to other you know, students in the class and of their perception of it um, and it was so beneficial for them to actually actually experience it face to face so obviously this was pre-pandemic but you know coming into the department and having a tour of the machines and you know the different types of profession and you know our, our profession is huge at the moment so you, you have site specialists you have advanced practice you have consultant radiographers so it's so varied so having you know outside you know teachers students coming in having a look it's so beneficial for them to to see all of these things and I know that's, that's really difficult at the moment so things like the um, are just as good so you know showing what people what it's, what it's actually like to to work our day-to-day jobs so yeah so vert is a virtual learning environment that demonstrates a linear accelerator so for anyone who hasn't heard of that term before and it's actually provided by a company called virtual so again if you're on twitter or any of the social media platforms they um they kind of demo what it is that they do but a lot of their heis actually utilize the virtual learning environment to help assist with the curriculum and shannon you you kind of picked up on it a little bit as well but i think it is really important to kind of comment on the fact that there are so many diverse ways into the profession now like it's amazing to see some of those apprenticeship adverts starting to appear on social media and through HEI adverts and things like that and it's amazing to see that and I think it is really important that people don't just focus on schools and colleges or even around universities you know if you work in a university that offers one of those courses then you will actively try and promote that course anyway it's part of really your workloading but um, I think for just therapeutic radiographers or any HPs out there it's about using our professional title Um, because if your patients know that you are a therapeutic radiographer or you're a diagnostic radiographer or you're an occupational therapist then they they go back home and they have those conversations with their friends and family about oh this is the experience that I had today and this was the impact of it and I had a really nice healthcare professional who was and I think that in itself really helps I know when I've done kind of some audit work and evaluation through the uni um you know, 40% of all the students in that particular year came on as a result of 
learning about the role of a therapeutic radiographer through friends or family who'd had treatment. And if you had more people who were saying, I'm a therapeutic radiographer and talking about that experience and raising the profile of radiotherapy, I think it, it really does help from that perspective. And I know HEE and also I see the difference and Michelle Taylor in her role sorry, Michelle Tyler in her role at the society, you know, are working hard to diversify some of those um, those routes into practice and also thinking about how we can diversify the workforce as well, which is really important. We know lots of lots of people bring different um, behaviours, characteristics, knowledge, experience into the profession. I think that's really, really um, really important and that experience does count. So, from your kind of project Shannon and the work that you're doing what do you think is going to be the impact that you hope or that you foresee as a result of the research that you're doing well I'm hoping for my research to you know hopefully standardize radiotherapy outreach across the UK I know this sounds like a huge task but I feel that the drive behind you know my current research team is great and therefore I feel that we're in a really good position to sort of take this as far as we can um so like I said earlier, we're in the process of sending out a couple of questionnaires, so one to first year students across the UK and then to sort of qualified professionals who help educate radiotherapy students. Um, so look out for those. Um, and I believe that everybody involved within the therapeutic radiography profession and community is really passionate about promoting what we do day to day. So I hope that they'll sort of get on board with this too. It is in our job description to sort of help educate students. So I think, you know, it would be really beneficial to get as much data as we can um, to help, you know, put in something that is really effective and something that which can help the future profession. Because obviously we know that we're going to need more and more therapeutic radiographers. Um, and by getting everybody on board and, you know, helping with that um, would be really beneficial. And I think, you know, looking at my experience so far it has been very positive uh, it's fair to say that you know there has been a few bumps along the way but you know i think it's sometimes really easy to get bogged down on these the negatives um but it's, it's normal to have these little hiccups and um, that's what research is basically what about so i'm just so thankful for all the support i've had and so you know from both my research team you know everybody along the way like joan Neyman, um the, everybody from the society and college of radiographers for you know being able to have this opportunity um, you know, each person has brought so many different unique skills um, and qualities, which makes its work so well. So I think, you know, if I was to do it again or to speak to somebody else about it, I'd say, you know, I've learned to be really patient through this. But, you know, it's really important to trust your gut. It's usually right. Um, and just to, you know, make sure that you're finding a topic that really interests you. So, you know, there's even if, you know, research can stem from anything. You know, so some people have said to me previously that, you know, your research won't make it. It's not clinical, um, you know, but if my team and I weren't researching this, then we wouldn't then be able to attract more therapeutic radiographers to the profession to continue research. So it all links up. So I think that's really important. And anything you've got a smaller idea about something, something will be able to stem from that, which you can take further. So I think, yeah, ask questions. I think you made a really important point there as well in the fact that, you know, if we're going to have this as part of our role, so if I was a radiotherapy manager now in kind of the NHS crisis that we're in um, as a result of the pandemic, more cancer patients coming through, you know, increased diagnostic pathways, 
we know that we're going to need a bigger workforce. We weren't hitting target prior to the pandemic and then obviously now. Um, I think it is really important that from a manager's perspective, they recognise that the work that you're doing could potentially help increase the workforce but also look at how they can utilize the workforce most efficiently so rather than Shannon going on one talk um you know to do a school of 300 students could you be doing it virtually but then sharing that to you know the whole of that county and getting some interest that way and then that initial webinar might spark some interest to then offer specialized interest as, as a visit to a department when obviously everyone's allowed to resume back to normal. But I think that would be really important as well to think about how this research could essentially impact on what outreach really is effective and utilise kind of staff resources as much as we possibly can do. And I, I know from um, the work that I do with outreach, it would be amazing for Shannon to be able to go, no, actually, Joe, you need to use your time more effectively and do X, Y, and Z, um, because anything that's going to save me time, I'd absolutely love. Um, and also the impact for the prospective therapeutic radiography community. So, you know, anything that we get out of the research, I think it will be important to then implement that to hope that we do have students who start the course knowing what a therapeutic radiographer is, what they do, what the role consists of because attrition is a real factor and um, it is definitely something that we're seeing more of probably this year as a result of COVID um, and the pandemic and students having to be online. So we know that some of those um, routes into the profession are, are hindered slightly because of attrition. Um, so it's amazing. I can't wait for the results to come out. We've all said we all want to access all the the, uh, the results as soon as they come in, just because we're really excited to see. But it's such an exciting project, Shannon. Definitely. And, you know, I'm so thankful for this opportunity. And if anybody, you know, listening has any ideas or, you know, anything of how we can improve or what they think would be beneficial in this project, please get in touch with us because we're looking, you know, for innovative ideas of how we can improve and, you know, how we can put something in place, which is really effective for everybody um, and easily accessible. So, yeah, please let us know. Best thing I always use in a talk is um, chocolates that we x-rayed. <laughs> I'm not saying it was me that x-rayed them, but we had it. I've got it. Um, that, yeah, it's just something simple like that. It's good fun. It always went down so well. Especially when we <laughs> brought chocolate with, with us too. I was going to say, did you then give the students chocolate afterwards? <laughs> Bribery does help um, with talks. But <laughs> Shannon, um, so we're coming towards the end now. I know you've touched on quite a few amazing tips, but we always like to end with you know some top tips for patients, students, healthcare professionals that are listening. What, what would you say? I think it's it's really important but you know sometimes it's really difficult but to be really brave so push it like put yourself out there and you know really think about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone you know even though it may feel really daunting at the time um and it might may feel like a really long journey it will pay off and you know as I found along the way don't be afraid to ask for help I'm still very much a novice at this um and research generally but I have you know such a fantastic team supporting me with this project that you know that really does go a long way and you know having that you know morale boost of actually this is going to you know be implemented soon and you know have a really big impact on a variety of different people so patients you know staff students and also the future so i think you know it has i think 
I've sort of learned not to give up and you know it's normal to fail and you know have little hurdles and bumps along the way but not for the to like sort of put you off um so what you're doing is really really important um and just sort of yeah like I said put yourself out there um and yeah you'll see the results very soon well thank you very much Shannon um, and thank you for everyone for listening um, so your hosts today have been Naaman Joel Anderson and Joe McNamara. Um, a huge thank you again to our guest Shannon Johnson. Um, head over to our YouTube page to see a live recording of the podcast. Um, and if you're utilising the podcast for CPD purposes, consider the reflective questions posted along with any links uh, to resources and literature that we've discussed. To receive your accredited CPD certificate, please complete the Google form linked with the podcast. Um, so our next guest to feature will be Yatman Sang, who will be discussing his career to date, advanced practice and equality, diversity and inclusion. Um, so thank you to everyone and um, take care.